All right. Where's Becca? Where'd she go? Oh, she left. You're leaving the room? Yeah, go, you got to go help middle schoolers now, huh? Welcome to your job. Man, it is, it is, so my name's Matt. It, I know I've met a number of new people here this morning. Uh, I'm the lead pastor. I'm turning 50 in June. I'm so glad that Tyler told y'all. Yeah. Um. It is really fun with Becca uh, just seeing God's provision there, and we're excited. We're excited. And so well done, church, coming around her, and we'll continue to support her. I, I want to I wanna just do a quick review for some of us. Some of us, this is our first morning, so it's just going to be a catch-up to what's going on. Uh, others of us, you just, you forget, so you need to be reminded. But uh, our church this year, we're, we're really focused outward. And like if there was one word to say, what is, what, what are we doing this year? It's go. It's go. Go. And, and focus outward. And we're doing that two main ways uh, or, or maybe through two main channels. One is collective. It, it is we're doing some things as a church collectively. Uh, and the primary of that is... We recognize we are in our community right now in, in this day and age, just some mental health uh, struggles and things so many of us and so many people are facing. And so collectively, we're partnering with Cornerstone Church in Boulder and helping to launch a counseling collective in Boulder County. And so we, we raise money, uh, we have $60,000, we raised 103000 but 60000 is going towards this counseling collective, and, and, and you guys, it just, it is, we have the space, it's rented, April 1st is when we're really looking at launching, a number of counselors are coming on board, and the thing is rolling. I'll, um, I've been doing a lot of work with that, and it's actually been taking uh, uh, some of my time. And so I just want to update you guys. Thank you for that and continue praying. We're excited to share uh, more we'll videos and showing you what's up. But we'll keep you updated as a church how we've raised money and, and helping to do that. The second arm, so collectively, but then maybe the more powerful arm of go is individual. Individual. And so we as a church throughout the year are going to be referencing and encouraging and challenging us, saying, what is God doing in your life? What is God calling you to individually? And so we've started this year out with, with love your neighbor. And we've, this sermon series has been very intentional to help train and challenge to listen. God, how are you wanting to use me and step out to demonstrate and, and proclaim, to speak and to, to show in action the gospel of Jesus in the community where we live and to our neighbors. And so we kind of seeded this or launched this with love your neighbor. And so that love your neighbor, 
You guys hearing this thing like make a pop pop? Love your neighbor. We took, uh, we gave out $100 bills. Tyler referenced this and Challenge Church said, hey, take this 100 bucks and seek the Lord. Lord, who are you asking me to connect with? Take a neighbor out to dinner, take someone out to coffee, do different things. And that this, this is really seeding us and helping us to focus outward. So I'm going to ask Paul. Where's Pablo? Paul and then Shelly, would you grab another mic? And what I love about our church, what do I say to us? I say, this isn't a performance. We don't come to consume, we contribute. And so... Um, so we're turning our room into a bit of a living room. And I want to ask you this morning, if, if you did night out, I think there was about 40 of us that took 100 bucks. If you, if you did it, would you just share what was your experience? How, how did it go? What did you do? All right, right over here. Allie. We got a taker. Hi, Allison. We actually had uh, like seven high schoolers over at our house, and um, it was really fun to deepen the relationship with them. And uh, these are all these were all friends of my sons, and they were all choir kids. <laughs> and we've been doing this fun thing at home. We'll we'll like do a prayer rap before the meal, and everyone rap will, like. like <laughs> Throw it down, yeah. <laughs> and then everybody says like something that we're thankful for, <laughs> and um, and Grant's the best at it, so he usually like does like a thing. But um, <laughs> but it was so fun to do it with them because they didn't, they're not really, you know, going to church all the time. But it was fun because they all jumped in in that format, and then we played games, and there was so much laughter, and there was another party that they could have gone to, but they chose to come to our house, and at the end, um, they were like, this was so much better. So it was, it was fun to make them a nice meal and just provide that um, home. And one of the gals actually um, said to Grant, um, this, is, this is really special, because I don't have a, a father figure in my life. So it was like so special. And I was like so stunned that she, he almost was crying. And she was, um, I was so impressed that she said that out loud like she had that thought but also wow. that she said that out loud so that was it was really special and I was exhausted <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to do it <laughs> so I was really happy to do it with the structure of the church and like knowing everybody else is doing it I'm like okay I can pull through awesome <laughs> thank you for sharing that so we had invited uh two different uh, couples in our neighbor are kind of live on a little cul-de-sac street, so two different families we invited to come over to have dinner. Um, and at the last minute, one of them got sick, and so she and her daughter canceled, and so it was just us and another couple. Uh, and it was, yeah, just a nice evening to get to know them, to um, kind of open our lives and express interest in them and what they do for a living and just kind of uh, be a, you know, supportive contact. And you know, outside of praying for, for dinner, we didn't do anything, you know, overtly, um, you know, spiritual or religious or whatever. You didn't, you didn't preach a big message? No, yeah, yeah. I didn't do a 20-minute <laughs> dinner prayer or anything like that. So, um, But that was, right, that's just the intent to just engage life to life and plant some seeds and, and let them know that, 
you know, we're approachable. And uh, so we're, yeah, just doing some seed planting. So I guess just sharing that story of like, it doesn't have to have been a, an amazing dramatic event to be significant. Yeah. Know? So. Well said. So we invited a couple that lives across the street in Don Juan, a young couple that we had met at, at the church-sponsored Christmas party that we held. <laughs> and we took them out to the Olive Garden, and we just had a nice, relaxed meal. But getting to know them was very interesting. We told them the church is sponsoring this. We said, we're, we're not here to proselytize. So we didn't say anything else at all. But then they started saying, so where is this church? How often do they meet? I mean, what time of day? And you know, so they were asking us questions, but it was just, it's really sweet. They're obviously interested. The, the young man said, well, I was raised a Catholic. And we never didn't solicit anything. But, and the lady said that she had just found out a few days before that she's pregnant. So we were the first ones to learn this <laughs> before her family, which is really? pretty amazing. So we said, well, we'll pray for you because she said, we've, we've had some miscarriages and we've had some tough time getting pregnant. So. I'm going to invite them for Easter, but I just think some really good seeds were planted and friendship as much as anything. Yeah. Wow, friendship. Yeah. One, one more? Do we have one more? My side's winning. <laughs> they are. Um, ooh, we had a really good time with, uh, well, let me go back. We lost a neighbor um, over the Christmas break. And it, I was um, friends with her. We played mahjong, and we played mahjong also with her daughter and another neighbor. And uh, we lost her over Christmas break. And she has three children in their 20s that all live with her. And I think they bought the house kind of together. Their dad left in a really strange way. Um, he was very close to the family and then just, like, disappeared a couple years before that. And uh, so... We had really gotten to know Denise well, and then she died of cancer and in her 50s, and so that was really hard, and so I decided, well, we're going to ask her three kids out to dinner, <laughs> so I wasn't sure if kids in their 20s would want to hang out with me and Larry, but um, we asked them out to dinner. We took them out. We had a great time learning about their lives, and now all three of them want to come to our house and learn how to play mahjong, so it was just awesome. They actually want to hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm almost 50 and I want to hang out with you. Okay, I'm going to shift the question. Um, and I'm going to ask, what did you struggle with, with this? And so this, this may be someone who, uh, you know, I'll think about it for a minute. With doing this, what were... What was something you struggled with? Maybe you didn't even do it because you were struggling with this, or maybe you haven't done it yet. You took the money. Uh, I've, I've heard a few stories of people like, I just feel so guilty. I took the 100 bucks, and I haven't done it yet, and I'm struggling with things. What did you struggle with? Is anyone going to dare? Is anyone going to lead out and share about that?
Oh, you got to stand up. <laughs> you don't. My legs are crossed. Um, we haven't done it yet, so we're just collecting $100 bills. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, for us, it's, it's kind of been who, who does God want us to take and, and what, is, what does he want us to do? And we've, we've gone through several names and back and forth. I think we're back to the first couple, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we have, we have th these are friends. They were neighbors of ours for a long time. Kids grew up together. Kind of lost connection here the last year. And uh, Denise reached out, and um, they were real happy to hear from us, so that was good. And so we'll be doing it soon. But it was just that probably making too much of it. Who's the right people? Yeah, you're trying to, like, God, show me who it is, and then almost getting too serious in it. Like, I got to hear in this huge way. I bet, I bet you're not alone in that. The winning side has another one. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Um, yeah, I think for us, the struggle was to go from, oh, yeah, we got to do that. That's a great idea. We'll get to it, to making a decision, putting it on the calendar, making the call and doing it. Yeah. Because um, the, the idea was great here, but then out there, I have a thousand different things that I need to do for work and for family and this and that. And, and so it just out of sight, out of mind, until Tyler stood up and he said, well, this is what we want you to do. And the cash is out there. And we want you to make a decision. And once that happened, it was like, yeah, let's just do it. When? Next Friday. Awesome. Who? This couple. And the outcome was absolutely spectacular. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good, Pablo, thanks for sharing. I mean, just the reality is life is busy. Life is busy. Carla's back there. And so even the desire, hey, let's do this, but then giving it the time and the intention. I didn't take the money. I did pray about it. And the more I prayed and thought about it, it felt to me artificial. If I want to get to know you, I don't need the church's $100 to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up not doing it. But that was what stopped me. I don't need $100 to reach a neighbor if I really want to. It's in my heart to do that. And so I felt, it felt rather artificial for me. Yep. That's good. Of course, somebody didn't get dinner because it felt artificial. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> Someone's hungry, but it's artificial. No, I think, Carla, that is such a, and I heard from multiple people, I think that's a real struggle. Like, and then, like, hey, am I making a person a project that then I get to stand up and report on? on a, like, that doesn't feel, I don't want to be about that. I don't think that's God's heart for people. And, and, and do something from church obligation or pressure or to make a person a project and, and trying to walk through that. And then maybe even trying to discern, we stood up here and said to you guys, if God's not nudging you to do this, don't do it. Like us as a church, we think, yeah, we're focused out and this might be a thing. Pray about it. And then if so, take the hundred bucks. And if that's helpful or if that's not helpful, don't take it, but go do it. But even it's not just the pressure of a religious system or of a church doing, but maybe that's the nudge that God's saying, yeah, I've got someone in your path. And then not making that person a project. Yeah, we struggle for that. Any more? I'd take one more struggle if we want to. Yeah, I do have the $100. It's in my pocket. And I'm just waiting for 
a sign where somebody is in need, and it may not be this time of the year because it's winter time. A lot of people are, you know, in their homes. But where I live, there's a nice big lake, and we could walk around there. And there's a lot of single people, you know. But in the summertime, in the spring, that's when a lot more people are out and about. Mm. So I thought, well, let's wait until I get a chance to really see who's out there and you know because that's when conversations just start with strangers yeah and so i just decided i'm going to hold on to that until that's you know that something says this person could use a conversation so i will keep it safe in my pocket until that time comes <laughs> never to be used for anything else <laughs> man i sure wish i had 100 bucks to go out to lunch after church today <laughs> yeah but and i think a lot of us felt a pressure thanks um Hey, I'm going to switch Adam to this handheld. I think a lot of us felt a pressure of like, oh, let's, we've got to do it now. Uh, this, this is the night the church is doing it. We've got to do it now, and then I felt guilty if I didn't. And, and wrestling through that. So just as we are challenged, we are going to continue to challenge. Go, go out, focus outward this year. Um, but as well, we're going to need to... We're going to be learning who and, and, and what we do and the t conversations we have and how we approach. And God's going to take us out of our comfort zone in some areas as well. Like, hey, I, 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 don't, I want you to invite this person over or you have this friendship, but I also want you to be able to speak the gospel or tell about the hope you have in Jesus. Or maybe you just pray for their child. I have you to pray for someone. And, and all the ways that God is going to use and that we are going to use us and then we're going to learn and grow through that. Last week, Jeremy, raise your hand, Come, <laughs> which I know you want to do. Jeremy stood up here and Jeremy, you know, you and Ricky and your family, it is a, it is, uh, we are blessed to have you guys part of this church and Jeremy, your gift of teaching and you preached last week and really grateful, really grateful. So thank you. Uh, you spoke last week, and you, you, he shared, in case you weren't here, he shared about Jesus sending out his disciples, sort of like we're sending out our church this year. And, and it was this verse out of Matthew 10, and it was very specific, where, where Jesus said, okay, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. I want you to go two by two. I'm going to tell you what to take. I'm going to tell you where to go. I'm going to tell you what to do when you get there. I'm going to tell you what to do if they welcome you. And I'm going to tell you what to do if they don't welcome you. And Jesus gave all of these specific instructions and directions to his disciples. And said, okay, this, I want you to go and this is what I want you to do. Then they come back. And after the experience, they talk about it. Hey, how was it? What, where, where, where were you encouraged? Where did God use you? Where did you struggle? Where was it difficult? What did you wrestle with? He debriefs with them. Friends, the concept for this morning I want us to sit in is that growth comes through coaching. Growth comes through coaching. This is basic to human growth, okay? Uh, I want to play basketball, and I've never played basketball. 
You have a coach who says, this is how you dribble. And then with this. This is how you shoot. This is how you play defense. And a coach coaches you in the basics of the game and then watches you do it and then gives feedback and input. Hey, you're down low. That was really good in your defense, but I need you to get your, your hands up. You want to play piano, so you hire John. And he comes over and he says, okay, this is how you hold your hands. These are the notes on the keyboard. This is music and how you read it and how it correlates. And then you play Mary Had a Little Lamb, and he helps you to where you're wrong. Or, okay, not that note with that pain. He coaches you. And you develop. You start a new position at work. You have responsibilities. Hopefully your work is set up. And they say, okay, here's the systems. Let's get you trained. Becca, we're just going to throw you in and hope you swim. No, we're going to, like Tyler's going to help come around and train and give feedback. Meet. Hopefully you meet, you know, then monthly or weekly with your supervisor. Okay, how's it going in developing in this job, you get coached and you grow. The same concept. Matt, I'm new to the faith. So some of us are really new to the faith. We're like, the Bible is overwhelming and confusing. Can, can somebody just, just help me know how to read it? Oh, yeah, it's, it, it's, got, it's got like an old... Testament and a New Testament, and that's before Jesus and after, and it's books and chapters and verses, and, and, and then these books focus on these, and you start to learn how to read and understand and just a concept and grow. Matt, I'm a new believer, and how do you pray? And it's really helpful. Oh, prayer is just talking with God, and so, so, so let me give you even some, some forms and, and ways of like, hey, it, it, you know, Here's some great ways to pray requests and then to take some time to listen and take steps. And you start to learn how to pray and you grow in it. Matt, how do I listen to the Spirit of God? How do I know if it's me? Like, oh, man, the church is nudging me to go and take the 100 bucks. I feel like God. How do I know who to, who to hang out with? God, how do I hear from you? How, how do we develop more in being able to hear God's voice and distinguishing, like, God, is that just me telling myself? Is that you telling me? I need some coaching. I want to grow in this. Jesus sent his disciples out again. So we have Matthew 10, where he was very specific with them. This is what I want you to do. This is how you dribble a basketball. Go out and do it and come back, and let's talk about it. Then he sends his disciples out again in Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at this sending. Jesus says, this is after Jesus has been, is resurrected. It's like, it's the last thing he says in Matthew before he ascends to heaven. And he looks at his believers, he looks at his disciples, he looks at his followers, and he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, 
and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus has supervised him. He's coached him. He's given him specific instructions. He's given him feedback. They have watched Jesus live out his life and his mission and his ministry. And now it is time for them to take the mission forward and to move the ball down the field. But I want you to notice in this sending out how, how little detail there is. It says, go. Well, last time you told me which town to go to. Last time it was two by two. Last time you told me what to take and what to do when I got there. He says, no, go. Go and make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to obey. And, and that I want us to recognize something this morning, that coaching moves from structure and conformity to freedom and nonconformity. That, that in Matthew 10... Jesus modeled coaching and said, listen, I'm, I need to tell you very specifically what to do because you need that and you're learning. I need, you to, I need to tell you how to dribble the basketball. But then by the end, they've walked with him and, and they've grown in their following that they know how to pray. They know how to listen to God. They have the spirit of God in them and they're able to act where you can just say, go. Go to all the nations. And some of you I'm going to call the Gentiles, and some of you the Jews, and some of you are going to stay here, and some of you are going to go to Greece, and you're going to speak to people in Athens different than you do in Jerusalem. And there's all these things that are going to happen. He says, but go. You've got the maturity. You've been trained, and you've been coached. Mike Malone, Coach Malone of the Denver Nuggets, does not teach Joker how to set a screen. Right? <laughs> He's not like, oh, and here's how you dribble, joking. I, I mean, at that stage, he's, he's just like reminding them who they are, encouraging and disciplining when needing. It's more about the chemistry of the team than the skills of the individuals, right? What about in our Christian life? God may be nudging you to share your faith for the first time. To actually share the hope and tell someone what Jesus has done for you and what he's offering for them. God might be calling you to care for someone with a Jesus-like compassion. He might be putting a bigger vision in your heart and in your mind. Remember, a night out was just the beginning of a year focused on go. Where our church is headed is we're going to provide micro grants. And some of you are going to need this, some of you not. But some money to see the vision that you've got, that you feel like God is nudging you. And this is like, this is not us as a church saying, take a neighbor out or take someone out. It's saying, what is God? It is broader. It's sort of nonconformity. Freedom and nonconformity. What, what is something that God is laying on your heart? I don't know. Matt, I, I, I spend, it's more like confession. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. Or I just want to share positive messages and encouragement through Instagram. You think maybe the church could help seed some money that I could get advertising space and it could come up for more? Sure, let's talk about that. 
Hey, Matt, I recognize the refugee issue going on. That There's 40,000 Venezuelans that have come to Denver fleeing a wrecked country. And I just want to help a few. Maybe it could be something like that. Maybe, maybe it's inviting a friend. We're doing, we have one more week left in this series of Love Your Neighbor. And then our next series is going to, it's called The Problem of Pain. It, it, it connects with each and every one of us in this room. But it, it connects with each and every person who breathes. That we hurt and where is God when it hurts? And God, why... Why are things such a mess? And maybe God's not, I'll just tell you, we're doing that. We're doing some series like this series that we've been a part of now. It's saying, hey, we're really wanting to equip our church to go. We're also going to do some series that say, hey, we want to do some series for our church to invite friends to. That's what problem of pain is. So maybe God's going to say, hey, there's someone in your life. Invite them to come and be a part of this series. I want to speak to them through the church. So often, uh, our faith, Tyler said it this morning, he said, man, we live in this consumeristic culture. And offering is a way that, like, it's not about us. But the truth is, so often we approach God and it's about us. God, give me more peace. Help me less, be less anxious. Help me be less busy. God, what can, can you help, help me with my life? And there is a place for that, and God definitely does transform and move personally in our lives. But there's another side of that coin where we die to ourselves. And we are caught up in God's bigger mission and what he is doing. So sometimes it's about us, but sometimes it's about what, it is about what God wants to do through us. Jeremy, you shared that quote last week, and you said, God does not have a mission for his church. He has a church for his mission. Friends, God works through us. We mature. We mature in our faith through obedience. So when God nudges us to do something, we do it. And we all need coaching to grow. Where are you getting coaching? Like, is anybody, is anybody, man, when I, when I first started in ministry, I was part of an organization that they, like, trained you how to share your faith. Like, even, hey, memorize this scripture and memorize that. And it was, there was so much structure and conformity to it. And I'm not a structure and conformity guy. I'm like, you know, you tell me to, like, you have to go left. It just makes me want to go Right. But I learned, like, man, I need to get some basics. Has anyone ever coached you? And even some of us are like, Matt, you're calling me out. It is hard for me to cross. How do I cross the street and talk to a neighbor? Who's coaching you in that? I want to share my faith, but I don't even know how. Who's coaching you in that? We all need coaching to grow. Here's some ideas for you. In your life groups, so many of us are a part of life group. Talk about a night out. Do what we did in this church this morning. Where you're being challenged to have God use you. Talk to a friend. 
Talk to a mentor. Share specifically where you're struggling. Get feedback. If you don't have a mentor, get a mentor. God's giving Paul like a special gift, or I don't know, mission in this church. And Paul's like, Paul's doing this great job helping connecting people to a mentor. A lot of it guys to an older guy, someone who's walked a little bit longer. Who is coaching you? Who is helping you grow? That's my big takeaway for today. It's a question I'm genuinely asking. That's what I'm kind of challenging us in. Who is coaching you? Who is helping you grow in your faith and the mission that God's called you to? And my fear in that and my fear in this sermon is it's going to generate us like, okay, like it depends on us, our work, our development, our coaching. And so I'm going to take a minute right now and just remind us it all starts at the center. All of this flows out of our intimacy with God, our intimacy with the Father. When it comes to God's mission, it is so important. Are we doing it for or from? God, we're, we're doing this for you, or we're doing this for acceptance in the church, or for approval to get an attaboy, or for we're, we're doing it to make ourselves feel good about ourselves. All of that is so lesser. Versus, man, we're doing it from a place of connection with God where we know his powerful love for us and seek to be a part of that and share that. That's why we do communion every week. Every week when we gather, we focus on what God has done for us so that then from that place, we can go out and live in the fullness of life in him. Let me share two verses. I don't know what your week was this week. I don't know how you came into this room this morning. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners. Not because we were great people that did all this stuff. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I met a, met a guy this morning, and uh, he was new here and coming in, and anyway, it was great. I'm not even going to look your way. Like, I'm not looking at anyone. I'm not saying who you were, but, you know, it was just honest. He said, yeah, man, I got a story, and I guess I'm coming in with it. I said, yeah, everyone in this place has a story. And then the second verse, as we start to move into communion, if you, Jesus said this, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As we focus outward, this is deep, it's a deepening. God, we want to remain in you and deeper in you. We're not out here running around without you. We're pushing down deeper, and then what's birthed out of that? 
the church for your mission, deeply connected to you. So let's, let's take a minute. We're going to do communion at tables. So everyone's going to, we're going to stand up and get the elements here in a sec. Why don't you just, let's all just close our eyes. Unless you're the nonconformist, you're like, I'm not closing my eyes. Just be very, God, we sense your presence in this room today. We welcome your presence within us. talking about activity and action and movement, but in this moment, we rest in you. We're able to exhale. Father, we seek to go, uh, but only where you tell us. And this morning as we go to the tables, as we grab the matzah and the cup that are a remembrance of what you did for us and who we are in you. And let us draw deeply from that, your sustenance, sustaining throughout the week and the busy and the active and the still action. So friends, the worship team's going to sing over us and uh, invite us, let's go to the tables and grab our, grab our communion elements and then come back and then I'll lead us in taking them together.